You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Kyle Shanahan talking with his buddy and uh, his biggest competition as far as career goes as a head coach in the division is Sean McVay. Sean McVay and Peter Schrager have a podcast called The Flying Coach Pod on the Ringer Network. And they had Kyle Shanahan as their guest. So a lot of nuggets from that that we will talk about today. How Shanahan ended up selecting his quarterback, how he ended up selecting the 49ers as the team he wanted to be the coach for. And they were not number one on his list. It turns out uh, way back in January of 2017, ESPN with some positional rankings coming out. I want to talk about the edge rushers there and how they have them listed and where Nick Bosa is amongst the top 10 rushers in the NFL. And if we have time, hopefully we will get to a couple of your Twitter questions at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker is where you can find us. Tag us in those Twitter questions and we'll chat about them on the show. Croc, did you hear the podcast with Shanahan and McVeigh chopping it up about what it's like to be an NFL coach? I heard about half of it. And even then, the half that I heard was really good, very informative. That's the part. That's the reason why I kind of have a hard time when people are like, Kyle Shanahan, he's a liar and all this. I'm like, man, this dude just seems so honest anytime he talks. Then you hear a podcast like this, and he's like, yeah, no, nah, the 49ers were definitely not my one of my top, <laughs> you know, as far as you know, coaching and <laughs> uh, the opportunities that he was going to be presented. Didn't care for the 49er job. Didn't like, sound like anything about it. Even when he said he liked them the most after interviewing, when he told his wife and his wife was like, well, what about this, 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 and this? And like, he says these things. And to me, he, and I, I get it. Like coaches are going to lie, but he just seems somebody like somebody that has been so open throughout everything that it, this was just another example of that and kind of a brush of fresh air to hear a different perspective on the whole hiring process, even with John Lynch. But I know we'll get into all that. Yeah, yeah. And we already know the John Lynch story for the most part with uh, how Lynch called him up and they'd had good conversations in the past and Lynch had the itch for competition. He wanted the score to matter, even though uh, he had a cushy job in the broadcast booth. But yeah, and we'll talk about Matthew Stafford, who the 49ers were in on. But yeah, back to the point about Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers weren't his first choice on paper. And he almost completely canceled the interview because his schedule is so crazy and he was exhausted that week leading up to the Super Bowl and he didn't want to uh, maybe interview with a team that he wasn't going to get hired for. And I think it was Jacksonville, Denver, and I forget who the fourth team was. I'm not sure if he even said who the fourth team was that was in on it. But he had four interviews scheduled. He almost canceled the 49ers interview and he's like, look, they got a bad quarterback situation. The third new coach in three straight years. 31st ranked offense, 32nd ranked defense. This isn't necessarily a good job. But then he met with Jed and Parag and was blown away by them and remembered back to his dad's days and how his dad talked about the 49ers in a first-class organization. And he was convinced that their goal was to win and they wanted to do it the right way. And they gave Kyle everything he wanted, which is how he knew that that was the right job is, you know, length of contract and the control he wanted and pick his own GM and those types of things. And so ultimately, once he had that interview, then he realized that the 49ers job was the right job. And I thought it was funny that his agent was like, no, no, you're a first time head coach. No team's going to give you all these things you want. And then that agent went and talked to Jed York 
And he called Kyle back. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess they will give you all that stuff. And Kyle's like, cool, let's go. And that's how he became head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I mean, obviously the 49ers are probably desperate to try to fix the situation. So some of it had to do with that. But I think the thing that was maybe even more shocking to him and what made me appreciate Jay York even more was how open and honest Kyle Shanahan was to Jay York and Parag about the situation, about the perception of the 49ers and how they were just like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we were, And we just want to fix these things. Yep. And I think like him hearing that, uh, and, and and I've said that over, I think since they hired Kyle Shanahan, it would have been really easy for Jed York to be like, you know what, man, like we 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 fired two coaches in a row. Let's just stick with with Chip Kelly. He's been dealt a, a raw deal, and he could have made every excuse as to why he should have carried out the Chip Kelly situation for another season or two. But instead, he was so. I guess, thirsty to kind of taste uh, success a little bit more, especially more than what they'd had in recent years, or at least since Harbaugh, that he's like, nah, man, like, I'm going to get this right. And I always respected that about him. People can make fun of Jay York all they want, but that's tough to do, to, to not only admit that you're wrong once, but then admit you're wrong again and again, and then try to just, like, look, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to – to win and get our organization back to what it means to be a San Francisco 49er. I actually really appreciated Jet York more when I heard that part of the story. Yeah, and the famous win with class quote, and it sounds like personalities were right here, and he thought Kyle was the right guy for them to win in that way, and he was willing to pay Chip Kelly while he's paying Kyle Shanahan and give Shanahan the contract he wanted to. So I, I think that's important. And I think it's important for 49ers fans to know about Jed and about the 49ers organization still and about Kyle Shanahan is that winning was the priority. And and this organization is still, you know, one of the top organizations in the NFL for reasons because they want to win. So a lot of that Eddie stuff that Eddie D put down as a foundation is still going on in the 49ers organization. So that's a good sign. Yeah, well, I mean, but even in the results, I mean, four winning seasons since 2003, or 2000, whatever it was, like, that, that's still terrible. But even in the midst of things not going well over the last decade or two, I still appreciate the mindset of trying to do whatever it takes to win to get the team back to that. And that's why those, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch got those long contracts and then got the extension. It's like, look, like we want this. We don't want to be the Browns. We don't want to be in the same sentence as some of these other teams. Like, we want to be Pittsburgh Steelers, who – I mean, I don't think uh, uh, Mike Tomlin has had a losing season. Now, why hasn't Tomlin had a losing season? Because most of the time he's been able to play with a legit quarterback, and that's been the issue for the 49ers. <laughs> so I know the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, he kind of alluded to it a little bit, talking about Jimmy Garoppolo having a little bit of bad luck with injuries. But 49ers are this close to kind of establishing themselves back as a team that consistently wins. Got to get that quarterback situation right. But, uh, again, I, I, I appreciate – Jet York and Kyle Shanahan, like that being the the goal, the ultimate goal, and not just something that people say or talk about, but there are organizations around the NFL that want to act like they want to win, like the Dallas Cowboys. Like Jerry jo Jerry Jones wants to act like he wants to win, but is he really doing everything to really put the team in position to win? How long he held on to Jason Garrett and that whole situation when you yeah. could tell – Prior to that, it, it was something where it was like, it's never going to really get better than this. And they continue to have that relationship 
and carry it out for what 10 years or whatever it was he was a long kind of tenured coach and you could see that Jed York, man, he's not about that. Like, he really wants to win. I think he tried to get guys in there that had the same mindset as him. Yeah, well, in both of those situations, too, you can have the desire to win and be willing to do whatever it takes, but you still might not be doing it right. You might not know what the right move is. So I think with Jerry Jones, he does want to win, but sometimes gets in his own way. And I think yeah. Jed kind of suffered from that, too. And so we'll see if this – we still don't know – Seems like it's the right move with Shanahan, but like you mentioned, still three losing seasons out of four. And that the one yep. winning season was real nice going to a Super Bowl. So, and he put a lot of trust in those guys, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, to go do what they needed to do at quarterback, too. And that's a big thing is the owner getting out of the way and letting them do that. And I think a lot of owners around the league would be like, yeah, no, nah, you, you can't do that. You can't have picks into two future seasons like that where like that's too much do what you do, do what you can do with this year's first, maybe next year's picks, but you can't go to another year after that. So we'll see how all that turns out. More on the quarterbacks and the arms race going on in the division with the 49ers and the Rams. Uh, one of the other notes, though, and you guys should check out this entire pod. We can't get into all of the notes, but I, I, I found this quote funny, and there's a lot of good nuggets about why they coach, how they got into coaching, and how everything has gone with them in their careers with Shanahan and McVay. But talking about being on the same staff in Washington, and Shanahan said, quote, we were all young, we were all competitive, and we're all kind of dicks. And I think I can kind of see that angle with these guys. And you kind of have to be a dick when you're a coach. But just talking about how they would be arguing on the headset. And Kyle's trying to call plays on the sideline, trying to get the tr the play call in. They're arguing about other things. And because they're all so competitive and all these coaches that were together. And so I thought some of that stuff was fun. And, and definitely it's a conversation that you guys should all check out. It was really good hearing McVeigh and kind of his... Uh, perspective on you know the situations and stuff especially their time in Washington and 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 things that they went through and how that made them you know how, or how that changed like the perception of how they view the game of football how they view coaching and how they view success at that like that that was probably one of the another main thing that I took away in the, in the 35 minutes that I listened to just hearing how open they were about that whole situation and how Kyle Shanahan said it's not so much about the results that makes it a win, or, you know, a success or failure. It's just what are you going to pull from that situation? And I really like that mindset. Absolutely. Such a good conversation with those guys. And you learn a lot about coaching and, and their mindset. So you guys should check that out. Next, we got to talk about the 49ers pursuit of quarterback Matthew Stafford, who ultimately went to Los Angeles and the admitted arm race that's going on in the division between those two coaches next. Always fun to look at those bet online NFL futures as we move along in the offseason. See how things move. Looks like a lot of money on Tampa Bay. Folks out there like the odds of the Buccaneers potentially repeating and have another great season with Tom Brady, who lost to Aaron Rodgers in a golf match recently a celebrity golf match which you can also bet on at betonline.ag everything nfl futures offensive defensive rookies of the year win totals major league baseball all summer long we've got any number of other things you can get in on the action at betonline.ag just remember to tell them that locked on sent you the fastest easiest way to bet on all your sports and it's free to sign up. Just go to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We heard a lot of reports. Were the 49ers in on Stafford? Were they not? I think there's pretty clearly a lot of 
potential alternate outcomes that could have happened this offseason with the 49ers looking for a quarterback. I think Deshaun Watson's probably one of those two. And then all of a sudden it became clear that they weren't going to want to trade for Deshaun Watson. And they were in on Matthew Stafford that Shanahan said and admitted that it was frustrating that uh, everybody was telling Kyle that it was a possibility. Stafford is the man, as Shanahan called him and said, he studied him coming out of college and played against him and knew he was good, but then went back and watched him again and realized really how good Matthew Stafford was. And he was surprised how quickly it came together for the Rams. And basically someone called him one night, both Shane and McVeigh were in Cabo, by the way, and didn't know it. And this source told Kyle, I'm not sure who he said he was talking to on the phone, said, if you want Stafford, you need to get a hold of him right now. And then basically 10 minutes later, the deal was done and the Rams ended up with Stafford. They traded Goff, two first rounders in a third round pick. McVeigh to that said, if it makes you feel better, it came together faster than I thought to Kyle. But Basically, Niners were in on it. They came up short. I don't know how in they were on it. I don't know if they weren't willing to give up as much as, say, the Rams were. If Goff really meant something to Detroit or not, I tend to think he was a detractor from that offer more than than added value to that offer. But I think when you see that and you heard Kyle Shanahan in the past reference what other teams have paid to get players and really talking about what the Rams have done a couple of times, trading away future picks, what the Seahawks did trading for Jamal Adams. I think that also influenced what the 49ers did in the draft. And at some point they're like, screw this. I don't want to get outbid. I, I, I want to, whatever it takes, let's go up to number three and get our quarterback. I, so I got the feeling all these things absolutely played together this offseason. And it would be crazy that it's it was close to a situation where Matthew Stafford could be the 49ers quarterback right now or maybe one of the other quarterbacks in the draft could be the 49ers quarterback and just a small little domino effect from one thing to another could have changed the entire future of the 49ers in this one offseason yeah I don't think any 49er fans would be mad about Matthew Stafford at least I wouldn't I mean we all knew the type of ability he has the talent he has I've talked about it kind of openly about his situation in Detroit and there are a lot of people that are like, well, if he's so good and he's a franchise quarterback, why hasn't there been more more success, right? Why hasn't he had the playoff wins and all those things? And my kind of response to that is it's one thing to overcome a bad roster, but it's a whole nother thing to try to overcome a bad organization. And I don't think a quarterback, no matter how good you are, you can overcome bad organizational structure. And that's what Detroit Lions have been throughout – really their existence, right? I mean, even since Barry Sanders and and when Mitchell was the quarterback over there and having even guys like Herman, Herman, uh, what, Herman Moore, Herman Edwards, Herman Moore. Herman Moore, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they've had a lot of talent and, you know, obviously Calvin Johnson and things, and but terrible organizational structure and they've never consistently put their quarterback, their star quarterback, their franchise quarterback in a position to where he was going to be able to succeed. Everything was always stacked against him. So I'm terrified to see him go to the Rams. It sucks that the 49ers weren't able to maybe push a little bit harder to make something like that happen because I think now we're going to see exactly how good he is and it might be at the 49ers' expense. 49ers have the worst quarterback in the division starting. And right now, we're, I mean, obviously, uh, you have Jimmy Garoppolo that's pegged as a starter. I would say if there were a draft – 
amongst those four quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo would be the one that goes last. And, you know, that's that's tough to have to battle with that week in and week out, especially in your own division. And I don't think any of those teams would take Trey Lance over their current quarterbacks, at least for this year, too. So that might be a ways off, even if everything goes right with Trey Lance before he's not number four in the division either. So that that's and that's pretty important. And Kyle Shanahan had talked about it. And that was one of the big things why the Niners didn't look good on paper because he didn't know where he was going with the quarterback thing. Um, and Kyle always talks about having a top five quarterback. And he actually talked a little bit about Julio, too, which was fascinating. Uh, speaking about the arm race in the division, his biggest fear was that McVay would go get Julio. And basically his thoughts was, look, he better go to the AFC. If he goes to the NFC West, we better get him. If Sean's getting him, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to risk that, is basically the quote that Kyle Shanahan said when it came to Julio. And I think there is something going on there. And I think you're seeing why they're giving up so many future picks and these teams trying to get over the top against each other. I mean, this division is going to be fun. And Shanahan McVay for a long time, I think, is going to be pretty fun. I think it makes it even more fun when you're buddies, yeah. right? Like when you're competing against your buddy, I mean, I do it in Madden, but that's not even close to being on the, you know, the standard of what we're seeing here from these two coaches who young coaches, they got hired at the exact same time. We heard Sean McVay say Kyle Shanahan was the one that brought him to Washington, right? So, you know, you have that background and, you know, coaching together and everything where really Kyle Shanahan is kind of your boss. And then you grow into being your own guy. And now you guys are in the same division and we've seen two different ways of doing things. One team that goes all out any chance they get, and they've made the playoffs for uh, three out of four years and haven't had a losing season. The other team that has had moments where they typically make the moves that they're more comfortable with making. And as Kyle Shanahan said on this pod, I mean, we've heard John Lynn say building the team the right way. But it's like, what is the right way? when you have three losing seasons in four years. And again, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we know it. a lot of that has to do with the quarterback situation and Jimmy Garoppolo being injured. But just in general, you could say you're building it the right way and this team might not be, in the, you know, whatever. But three out of four years they've been in the playoffs, have not had a losing season, and they just got Matthew Stafford that I think will hold them over for another two to three years. So, I mean, we could be – after seven years, you could see the Rams making the playoffs – six out of seven times and are you going to say that that was the wrong way that they built the team at that time so Mm -hmm. I mean that's that kind of tough to to sit and watch and then now they got Matthew Stafford and it was good to know that you know he by any means did not want them to get Julio I would expect Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to maybe make more of a push for Julio if they heard that the Rams were really involved. Yeah. That might be something I kind of that was something I kind of took away from that a little bit. Yes yeah absolutely especially after the Stafford thing. He's yeah. like, we're not going to let him do this again to us. And we got to play keep away a little bit. So, yeah, that was fun to hear them talking about that and how they can't really even have those in-depth conversations about uh, coaching and scheming and stuff because they're in the same division. If maybe one of those coaches, McVay, was in the AFC, Kyle's in the NFC, they could have more in-depth co- conversations in the offseason because they're close and they have similar schemes. And now they can't have those conversations because they don't want to help the other guy out too much. Fun stuff. Uh, one more quick nugget was about, and there's so much more. We can't get into all of it today. But the other one was going back to the number three overall pick and Schrager, who has some ends, and he said he's close to Jed. He's close to uh, John Lynch, worked with him in broadcasting uh, as a sideline reporter. So Schrager's plugged into the 49ers, and he usually does have good information. And he even he thought that it was going to be Mac Jones. 
and they talked a little bit about it in Shanahan. Just one of the quotes I thought was interesting because he hasn't talked much about Justin Fields, and we kind of knew Lance and Mac were in there. Basically, he said either one of them would have been a good pick, talking about Trey Lance or Mac Jones at number three. So they did like Mac Jones a lot. And he actually also said even the third guy, Justin Fields, would have been a good pick at number three. So it turns out they did when, because remember Kyle talked about the three guys that he felt comfortable when they made the trade in March? They really did like all three of those quarterbacks that much. Yeah, well, I'm glad they went with the one that they did. I mean, I would have loved Justin Fields as well, but there was something about Trey Lance, and I came on this show before I was a part of it and said, hey, you know, I tweeted out even before the draft, if, if I have to, if I had to bet my life savings on one of these guys, which my life savings isn't that much, but if I had to bet my <laughs> life savings on, on one of these guys, they're going to be successful out of any of these quarterbacks, and that, that's including Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. I said I would put all my money on Trey Lance. And I think that's what the 49ers did. They probably see him the same way that I do and visualize what this guy can be, especially when you understand, you know, his mental makeup on top of the physical capabilities that he has. So I'm excited that they took him. If they would have took Mac Jones, here, here's the thing, man. We just talked about the 49ers having, quote unquote, the worst quarterback in the division. Yeah. Right. Now, it's not saying he'll have the worst season, but that, you know, if, if there was a draft, Jimmy it's Garoppolo would fair. be taking last. And like you alluded to, Trey Lance will probably be taken last as well, just because we don't know what he is yet. But I think Trey Lance is scarier because you do know the potential of the upside, right? Like, like yes, team might pick him last now, but next year, you know, after a season or after two seasons, there there might be a conversation where it's like we would take him first, yeah. right? And and when you look at what makes Russell Wilson good, what makes Matthew Stafford good, what makes Kyler Murray just so dynamic and scary. Like they all have this dynamic ability, whether it's with their arm or their legs. And Matthew Stafford actually has like this kind of underrated aspect of being able to move the chains with his legs. But Mac Jones would never have given you that. It always would have been like, he, he would have always been looked at as the worst quarterback in the division because unless he turns out to be damn uh, uh, Tom Brady. Right. Which Tom Brady, there's only one Tom Brady. <laughs> Just be a there's surgeon, like, basically. Yeah, like there's only one Brady. So unless he ends up being that, which is, I mean, your odds are like kind of slim to none uh, aside from, you know, in comparison to someone with way more physical tools, it, it's, it's hard to really gamble on that. So I, that's why I would have been so upset with taking him at three. If you were the Patriots and you're sitting at 15 and Mac Jones lands there, great. I think that is a great pick for them. I think that would have been a great pick for the 49ers there. You talked about not giving up two first-round picks and being able to get Mac Jones at 12. I would have been okay with that if that's the route that they would have went. But when you trade up to three, you get someone that's yeah. going to really make noise, especially in your division when you're faced with these other quarterbacks you have to see uh, twice a year, you know, each guy and maybe another guy in the playoffs. So uh, I, I'm, I'm glad they didn't go that route. That's not to say that Mac Jones won't be good or that Kyle didn't really like him because I, I could see why he liked him. Mm -hmm. Like there's some things he did extremely well, but that the upside of, of what he is, I don't think that's scaring anybody. And if you would have took a poll for, from NFC West coaches, who do you want the 49ers to draft? I'd bet money that they all wanted 49ers to take Mac Jones over a Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Yeah. And actually McVeigh said there was part of him that really believed the 49ers might be taking Kyle Pitts there, which I thought was funny. Like he believed yeah, he's, that. Nah, <laughs> ain't no way. <laughs> he said he believed it, but yeah, everybody else knew that. No, you're not doing that for anybody other than a quarterback, although I probably would have liked Kyle Pitts more than Mac Jones. 
too. So Trey Lance is the guy. We'll find out how good of a coach Kyle Shanahan is in the coming seasons as he develops his young quarterback. Let's flip it to the defensive side of the ball next. Talk about ESPN's positional rankings. So they're not their rankings. They are the rankings of 50-plus coaches, execs, scouts that were surveyed. Where does Nick Bosa land? Is he in the right spot? And we'll take some questions next. However in-depth with repairs you can and would like to get at home with your vehicle, rockauto.com allows you to do so. Or just the staples, the things that everybody needs. Jumper cables. Do you not have jumper cables in your car? Go get some at rockauto.com. Engine parts, brake parts, oil, whatever you need, rockauto.com has it, and they have reliably low prices, such an amazing selection. Go to rockauto.com. You will be blown away by the selection they have on any vehicle you could imagine. I'm scrolling rockauto.com. It goes all the way down to 1909 Model Ts. Yes, they have parts for that. It's crazy. So fix up that old car. Keep your new car running smooth. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Heck of a lot more to do this summer, and you want to look good while doing it? Maybe that pool party, and man, the 2019 summer bod was looking a lot better than when you're hanging out next to the pool in 2021, right? So uh, one thing that I've found that can fit into any diet, if you're trying to uh, fit in a snack, get one that's high in protein, low in sugar, and that is Built Bar. They're the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors, build yourself a box of Built Bars or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs, even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Have you seen these ESPN rankings, Croc, that have started to roll out the last couple of days? I have not seen the, the full list. So the, here's the, I just want to talk about Edge. I think this started with defensive tackle. Um, there's so many different outlets. PFF is kind of doing it too. And so I get lost to which ones I've even seen. But this is from ESPN. And I thought, okay, Nick Bosa, where would Nick Bosa rank amongst defensive ends in the NFL? And it's thinking, well, he's got to be top five, maybe top four even. But he came in at pick number eight here. And again, this isn't ESPN's rankings. This is them surveying 50 plus coaches, execs, players, and scouts around the NFL. Miles Garrett won. TJ Watt, two. No problems there. Joey Bosa, his big brother, number three. Khalil Mack, four. Chandler Jones, five. Von Miller, six. Chase Young, seven. Nick Bosa, eight. Then after him to complete the top ten is Cameron Jordan and Danell Hunter. And I would have thought Nick Bosa would have been a lot higher than eight, but then I saw the names above him on the list, (laughs) and he's only done it for one year coming off an ACL. I mean, Chase Young, it's hard to say that I fully believe that Bosa is better than Chase Young after what we saw from him as a rookie. I liked Bosa's rookie season better than Chase Young, but Bosa's coming off the injury. Von Miller's been doing it forever. Chandler Jones has been doing it forever. Khalil Mack's been one of the best for a long time. Then you got Joey, who's been healthier and done it longer than his little brother. Watt and Garrett definitely deserve to be one and two. So in the end, I thought it was low at eight, but the more I look at it, I mean, 
you can argue higher, but I can see why eight might be the exact right spot for Nick Bosa after all. Yeah, and part of it is, you know, he missed all of last season. So if he would have put together, you know, a, a year like his rookie year in, in season two, then he probably would be even a little bit higher than that. Oh, yeah. Even if, then, he had, if he'd had his, if he just had the exact same season last year that he had in 2019, he'd be number three ahead of his brother on this list, I think, at least, because yeah, he, that's how good he was. He, he was pretty dominant. He was pretty dominant. And I mean, but even then, you talked about Chase Young being over him. I think a lot of that is, you know, just what it looks like. Nick Bosa is like, damn, this dude is, he's so good, right? You, you watch him and you just, you see him pop out. Chase Young is like, he's transcending, right? Just with how it looks, right? I mean, you're talking about this just, he's bigger than everybody, stronger than everybody, faster than everybody. And I think even coming out, there were a lot of conversations with who was the better guy between Nick Bosa because he was so highly touted and Chase Young, when he came out, it was the physical thing with Chase Young. With with Nick Bosa, it was, you know, how refined he was as a pass rusher. And you heard, you know, Joe Staley and these other guys kind of come out and talk about, you know, like, man, pass rush moves, he's like a veteran. And he kind of came out and he's like, oh, is he at his ceiling? Even if he is, like, he's still terrific and you know, even with him being out of the ceiling, like that doesn't mean that his numbers can't go up, right, from what they were, you know, his sack numbers and whatnot. But when you look at Chase Young and you see how he wrecks games, how he affects, you know, linemen and stuff, some of the things he was able to do and know, like, hey, there's still a better version of this freak inside of him. I mean, that you're going to be talking about him in a couple years. Like we're talking about Miles Garrett, who's number one on that list, right? Miles Garrett, I don't even think he was just this refined, pass rusher when he was coming out of Texas A&M, but start to put some technique with that, the work ethic, you see how freaky he is. I mean, it's like, well, of course he's the best pass rusher in the NFL. Now, TJ Watt, I think that's the one that was a little, uh, I don't want to say surprising because he has been really good, but that's showing a lot of love to him. And not saying that it's not, I, I definitely think he deserves it. He's been extremely productive. But when he was coming out, he wasn't viewed as that. Like, he was viewed as just this raw guy with, like, low upside. But, you know, he could be solid because, you know, he is a Watt. But he's – I think he's exceeded – expect. he definitely has exceeded expectations. Yeah, I mean, he was still a first-round pick, but obviously he didn't go as high as some other edge players in that draft, partially because of, I think, fit. And he fit in the right spot there as a, an outside backer, stand-up rusher in Pittsburgh's defense, but what TJ Watt was pretty freaky actually coming out with his length, his long arms and his size and his athleticism and his speed. And that's shown out in the NFL dudes had 13, 14 and a half and 15 sacks the last three years. Like JJ Watt <laughs> has been, has been going off. And I think last year young chase young had maybe seven and a half sacks. So, you know, close to what Watt did as a rookie and close to what, Bosa did as a rookie, although Nick Bosa had a lot more pressures than Young did. So Bosa's rookie year better, but TJ Watt and and maybe even kind of quietly has been pretty damn ridiculous in Pittsburgh. So I would definitely put him in the top two right now. But I think it's really tight too between three and eight. You could argue any of those guys because obviously yeah. Von Miller, I would not expect Von Miller to be better than most of the guys on that list next year and going forward, just because where he's at in his career and injury wise and stuff like that. And Cleo Max seems like he's peaked even though he had some really good moments on tape last year as well and I think Nick does have a chance to be better than his brother so those guys are all really tight and one thing about Watt real quick get back to TJ Watt the Cowboys got to be kicking themselves right because I want to say maybe a pick ahead of Pittsburgh the Cowboys selected Taco Charlton 
And it, it, just imagine that. Like, we took Taco because he's supposed to be this good edge rusher. And then the next pick is TJ Watt. And TJ Watt is just like this all pro, like crazy, productive defensive end. And he was picked late. Like, and, and that's the thing, too. A lot of times, edge rushers, almost like offensive tackles, a lot of times, like if you're really good, you're, you're taken in the top 10. If you if you're an edge rusher and you're taken outside of the top ten, like especially like later in the twenties, second round, or, or like people don't have as high expectations for you. The freaky guys just go really high, and he went late. So that kind of there's a reason why he he went that late. And a lot of it, I want to say, was he did he change positions late? Yeah, he was kind college? of a tweener. I think he played. He was I think he was much skinnier in college and and just played traditional linebacker and transitioned as he got bigger and bigger into more of an edge role. I think that's what it was. So I think he was viewed more as a tweener, but athletically he, he matched up really well. You know, it's funny. So you mentioned taco Charlton went 28, two picks in front of TJ Watt that year. Do you know who went the pick after TJ Watt? Um, Ruben Foster. Yeah, that's the 2017 draft. So the 49ers drafted an edge and a linebacker and uh, whiffed on both of them. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh, snuck in there at 30 and drafted oh. TJ Watt. So yeah, no, okay. So when I said that he was changing posi- positions talking about TJ Watt, yeah, in in college he played tight end. Fully? N- no, he he Oh, like, he started late, at like, tight end and then okay. Yeah, transitioned over to defensive end. So I thought that was the case with him and so oh, he was a little raw okay. uh coming out. There you go. I remember him having a great combine though too let me see if i can find tj watts combine numbers i, I think that's what teams need to start doing man like just okay he's a tight end let's start working on him in that defensive end because tight ends are really good athletes mm-hmm. right yeah. they're usually really good athletes high level athleticism good feet uh you know the change of direction everything is good man just tj gotta put his hand in the dirt give him some pass rush moves and have him get up after the quarterback so let's see six four and a half 252 33 and an eighth inch arms Four six forty, thirty-seven inch vertical, six seven nine three cone. So, yeah, wow, pretty rock solid. Twenty-one bench press. Freaky, reps. yeah. He put it together. Why was he not playing defense like his brother the whole time? What is Wisconsin thinking? Well, because I think JJ Watt wasn't he a tight end too at first? I think he might have been. Yeah. And then he transferred schools. I think because he I didn't go to Wisconsin the whole time. JJ was also a late bloomer. I think the Watt family are just a little bit late bloomers, especially when it comes to that size. Yeah, because where did JJ go first? It wasn't Wisconsin. JJ? Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember that. Let's find out. Yeah, he, he I, I I believe, if my, I mean, it's been a while. Like he went to the junior college route, or did he go? Nah, a different college, university, I believe. Oh, uh, Central Michigan. There we go. See? Okay. My memory's not that bad, I guess. Joe's, that's Joe Staley's alma mater, right? I get the wishy, the Michigans and the Kentucky. Joe Staley, another guy, right? Central Michigan. Tight end, transition to ta- yeah. tackle. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that's the right spot for Nick Bosa, For but I would still bet that he is better than the eighth best defensive end this year, right? Well, yeah, and I mean, he was rated or voted in the top 100 heading into the year as the top edge rusher in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what people were kind of projecting him to be. So I could see him sneaking back up there. I think even him being eighth, after, you know, a, a solid, product, productive, you know, season and 
coming off the ACL, still having him eighth, I think that's high praise over guys because Cam Jordan, he's somebody that's been productive over an extended period of time. So to have Nick Bosa over him, I think yeah. that's that's showing a lot of love. No, you are. Yeah, you're right about that. And Danelle Hunter, too. And look, these are big-time names that he's with up there. So there's a good argument yeah. for Von Miller and, and Khalil Mack and, and Chandler Jones. So you don't just put people in front of them all willy-nilly. Uh, just to finish this up, the other players who received votes here were Frank Clark, Shaq Barrett, Zadarius Smith, Matt Judon, Bud Dupree, and Brian Burns. Brian Burns is a favorite of mine. I think there's a lot more to come with him. Croc, there's a lot more to come from us here on this podcast. We're going to finish the week Friday talking about defensive backs. We're going to start with the scouting report from rookie safety, Talanoa Hufanga, the only rookie we have not talked about in depth yet, how he fits into the 49ers secondary and project who we think will make the 49ers roster some of the best camp battles in the secondary coming up tomorrow right here, Locked on 49ers.